Welcome to Manager Tools. No surprises reporting. This cast answers these questions. What do I do if a report has bad news in it? Are all reports the same? How do I notify my boss if one of my reports has a problem? Well, if you want the answers to those questions, keep listening. Here we go. Submitting a report that will raise eyebrows or cause concerns <laughs> yeah, carries that's it. That's a career-limiting move. Yeah, well, there's... <laughs> If you're going to submit a report that does that, that raises people's eyebrows, then you have a responsibility to communicate additionally the what of it and the why of it to your boss. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, what's interesting is if you do the right work in advance, it won't raise eyebrows, right? That's the key. That's right. So look, you got to tell your boss if you have a report you're responsible for submitting or that addresses work in your area, even area of responsibility, even if you don't actually prepare the report. I'm thinking about digitally created dashboards and so on. Um, if there's something unusual in it, if there's some, com some kind of bad news, you've got to tell your boss in advance. Now look, guys, a lot of new managers, uh, in fact, the reason I'm writing this cast is this, I had a conversation about this very thing about three weeks ago, and I was just gobsmacked that this person said, well, Mark, why would I have to tell my boss? The point of the report is to tell my boss, and no, yeah, no, if only the world weren't filled with people that had emotions and politics and so on. So a lot of new managers mistakenly believe that the report is the communication. They think, hey, Mark, reports let my boss and the organization know what has happened. Uh, it lets them know the status of you know various indicators. Maybe it's cash, maybe it's effort, maybe it's goals, maybe it's project status, whatever. So if something's wrong, it goes in the report. The whole point of reporting is to communicate exactly this kind of thing is what you know these managers say. You know, basically, communicating bad news in report is one of the very reasons report exi reports exist. And look, guys, we get it. You're not wrong in a theoretical way, but this is not theoretical tools. So our answer to you is, yeah, no. And all news is not the same, right? You know, yeah. Uh, flash update, the world ends, and you find it on page five in the sports section. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I exactly. So. I think that's called burying the lead. Um, even though, assuming that simply communicating bad news through the existing news communication channels is totally logical, guys, totally reasonable way to see reporting, it's wrong. It'll get you in trouble. People and emotions and bosses and power and relative power and politics and the ongoing war in all organizations between candor and fear make the idea that negative reporting is not special naive okay look guys in the beginning reports were created as a way for bosses to passively learn about what's going on and i want to mention something here as a general rule, guys, whenever Mike and I or Danny or Sarah or Kate or anybody else at Manager Tools says bosses when we're talking about you and your organization and so on, you can almost always substitute in the concept of the organization for bosses. If Mike is my boss, I may not interact with the entire company with the CEO, but Mike serves as the company, the organization to me. 
So when you think about bosses knowing things, that's the equivalent of the company knowing things. So in the beginning, that's what report, re reports were created for, for, for the bosses to learn to passively learn about what's going on. Think about it. Bosses wanted to stop spending so much time asking questions, digging into everything. They knew stuff was happening, good and bad, but when it was just them before, you know, when the, when the organization was just one person, when, the, when it was just them, before they hired anybody else, they knew everything that was going on, all the stuff that was happening, because they were the cause of it, okay? No internal communication is required in the genesis of all organizations, which is the organization of one, okay? This is why often entrepreneurs don't scale because they're good at doing things, but maybe not at understanding the impact of the connective tissue of organizations, which is communication. So in the beginning, bosses started telling employees, hey guys, look, it's not enough to just get the work done. You gotta start telling me what you're doing and how it's going. Before, when it was just me, I knew everything that was going on. And that gave me confidence to make decisions about the future. But now, I don't have that confidence without you telling me what's going on. So basically, dudes, you got to start reporting. And for those of you who are thinking, gosh, oh, I don't like that communication. I'm not a communicator. I'm really good at this thing I do, but I'm not really, I kind of like working alone. Dudes, you need to get over yourself on this one. You got to remember, there's a manager tools rule in effect here. No work is considered done, I'll put that in Joey air quotes, no work is considered done in an organization until the work that's done is communicated to others as being done. If you're thinking right now that one of your tasks is done, but you haven't communicated with anybody else, you're wrong. In organizational theory, in organizational life, done means the work that you did could actually have value to the rest of the organization. But if the, or the rest of the organization doesn't know it's done, how would it, the organization, or they, the people that are in the organization, how would they get any value out of it? And oh, by the way, if you're a manager and you tell your team, hey, look, I need you to not only get the work done, but I need you to report on it. You gotta update your status on the project tracking website or whatever. If one of your team members ever says to you, well, boss, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do my work or do you want me to report on my work? The right answer to my, that question, of course, is yes, <laughs> meaning both. Um, so, look, reports began as a way for managers to save time by being passively informed about what they used to spend time, too much time in the boss's mind, actively learning. But, unfortunately, reports and the risk associated with them have changed. And at least in really large organizations, they carry enough additional weight that bosses consider reporting to have inherent associated political risk. Now look, I'm going to give you a little bit of background here, guys, because it's useful. Um, you know, at Manager Tools and Career Tools, we tell you what to do and how to do it, but we also try to give you the why so that when you get a twist, um, a wrinkle in the situation, you'll understand the underlying rationales for the, the guidance we give, and you can adjust the guidance depending upon your situation. Remember that we like to say to people, our guidance is for 90% of the people 90% of the time. And if you listen to us for a while and you think, gosh, I'm always in the 10%, sorry, but it's 
probably not true. Um, maybe you are, but the chances of that are much smaller than one out of 10. Yeah, I think it's a good point because when I was reading the show notes in preparation for this cast, I was thinking an experienced manager is going to listen to this and go, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Right? I know this. But it's not enough to know it, right? If you're a manager, you're responsible for other people. You have to be able to communicate the whys of these things. Yeah. Why is this? Why is this so? And so, yeah, if you know the behavior and you don't know the why, can you really train your people? Can you really share this with your people effectively? We're recording this in November of 2015, but I'm pretty sure that in the last six months, and I always say that and then it ends up being two years, um, in the last six months, we've done a cast specifically about the why. I mean, do, do you remember it as being it was in, in the last, last six months? months. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's I, I, last well, couple years. Oh, uh, really? Now, see, yeah. I'm thinking that that was one of our executive tools cast about leaders' intent. Oh, yeah, you could be right. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, that wasn't two years ago. Good point. Yeah. Although, yeah, my, my sense of time relative to podcasts. Well, apparently it's sure better than mine. <laughs> yeah, who knows? All right, anyway, and, and enough, enough sideshow here. Look, guys, there's a history here. Some of what causes this problem with reporting is the loss of relationships that occur in larger organizations. Say you send up a report with some bad news in it. I read it because it somehow relates to my work, my team, my department. But I'm in a different part of the organization, and yet somehow that report gets to me. And actually, it's not really somehow. It's like dang near everything gets to everybody anymore. Um, if I don't know you, and think about that for a second, bigger organization, much more likely I don't know you. And by the way, the standard about knowing somebody essentially has associated with it a measurement of trust. The more knowing, the more trust. I would argue that when you say, oh, yeah, I know him. Um, unless you're just somebody trying to convince somebody else that you have a relationship with that person, most people reserve, oh, yeah, I know him, to mean I trust him. Um, unless in that rare case that somebody is routinely untrustworthy, which is pretty rare. But so if I don't know you, I can't have built the trust to assume that you will know how to fix and then you will fix what's been identified as a problem in your report. That means, whether you like to admit it or not, that I now have dots, doubts about you and your boss. So I may be, if in fact I could make a case that that may affect me at some point in the future because I'd rather talk about somebody else's weaknesses rather than have somebody look into my own. So maybe I'll ask a few questions. Maybe I'll raise a red flag. And if you're young and you're coming out of college or university and you think pop culture is great, let me assure you, the silly pop culture rule that all publicity is good publicity is beyond ludicrous inside modern organizations. In fact, one of the biggest problems that affects young people in their careers is not understanding that organizational life is different in some important ways than public life. And that's not to say that organizations ought not to be using social media effectively and so on, and that will expose them to pop culture and vice versa. But all publicity is not good publicity. In fact, no publicity internally is the best watchword, if you will, the best adage to approach things. So basically what we've got here is bigger organizations, less strong relationships, leading to less trust. There's more doubt. Reports, therefore, become more problematic. Okay? Some of this 
is also digital communications, which of course relates to the issue of how many people might know about something. The level of energy it takes to share reports digitally versus on paper 30, 40, 50 years ago, the ability to share those reports more broadly is marginally zero. That's good, at least in principle, in terms of a transparent organization, except when that is used to share them more broadly than is probably necessary to people unable to trust in the person who create the report or the person unable to understand what it is somebody else does. Although there is a rampant problem in the world with, oh, I can understand what everybody else does. They just can't understand what I do. That's always right. funny when you hear that. Yeah, and that's only email. There's dashboards and all sorts oh of yeah you you take a real-time dashboard which digitally updates hundreds or even thousands of real-time metrics across organization and and by the way those dashboards are meant to benefit executives to give them insight into what's happening and they often do exactly that means that virtually anybody can see a great deal more of the organization's operational status than they perhaps can comprehend or that they ought to than they ought to know right right i, I think there's an assumption or at least there used to be an assumption that somebody who was viewing a report had sufficient knowledge and background to be able to correctly interpret the report. With this broad distribution of reports, that means it's not true anymore. And if they don't understand it, they make something up. Yeah, now I'll tell you something else. I, the perfect example, I was at a technology company last week and got into a discussion about reporting and communications and status and delivering with a manager and actually a director, not, not a manager, but a manager of managers. And, um, you know, he said, well, look, Mark, anytime anything relates to anything about what I'm working on for the company, this is a well-known tech company. They say, I want to know if anything's read. And by the way, this person had also asked me another question during another break about how do I deal with the fact that I just have too much on my plate? And I've learned that one of the ways to address that, when I get the question in the form of, how do I deal with having too much on my plate? I say, I basically say, stop putting so much food on your plate when you go through the buffet line. And people look at you funny. I said, hey, it's your analogy. Put less food on your plate. You know, you want to lose weight? Eat less. Work out more. It's really simple. And by the same token, if you have too much to do, do less. And you're the one putting stuff on your plate and it's not the organization just dropping on you. I mean, in some cases, the organization gives you more than you can do. The idea that you're reading anybody's status report on anything at all related to what you do, and you want to know about everything that's read, then the next thing, the next line of reasoning I said to him was, okay, so you're telling me that all of your projects are green right now. No, Mark, not even close. I said, but I'd be willing to bet. Overall, are you pleased? I didn't ask him, how are your projects? Because, of course, he would have said, fine. Um, the dumbest answer to any project question ever, but the most ubiquitous as well. I said, so you're telling me you're not read. No, no, no. I said, but, but what you would say is your projects are doing good. They're okay. He says, yes. I said, I'd be willing to bet that even if you don't use CPM, critical path method, you have a rough idea of what the super important things are, and you are willing to tolerate 
go back to some of our podcasts about Napoleon's adage about mass at the point of um, decision, you are willing to tolerate a little bit of weakness, even some yellow, even some red, in those places that aren't critical because those may require a fairly low level of effort to bring them up to speed and they won't have an impact on the critical path of tasks until later. He says, oh, absolutely, right? I mean, I'm over here and I'm making sure that the key things are getting done. And yeah, sometimes some stuff falls behind. Yeah, and if I'm in the audience, I'm going, oh, here he goes. He's taking the bait. He's taking the bait. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, well, dude, so you're suggesting, though, that you're not willing to trust the guy over there who knows that some things are red, and that's okay because there's too much on everybody's plate. Hey, you brought a problem up, not me. And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, dude, you don't trust them, and they don't trust you. And if you don't have trust, you better be really careful about digging into stuff that you can't do anything about it anyway. I mean, your first rule is to, you know, focus on the things you can do something about. Yeah, and what are you going to do about it? You're going to see it, and then you're going to talk about it. Dudes, that's called gossip. <laughs> it's, not, it's not useful. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, look, total transparency is great in principle. If you're interested in knowing when some other department roughly at your level is having a problem, that's great. But that means you better either have your work wrapped up perfectly all the time to withstand their scrutiny of you, or be ready for some unwanted attention when things go awry. So look, historically, on a report that would go to your boss, which he would read and send on to his boss, perhaps without comments, because we didn't have the ability to copy 50 people with virtually no additional effort. And if, in fact, it went to your boss and there was something that needed a comment, and so there would certainly be comments regarding issues or problems, there was a limiting of distribution, and there were layers of relationships that the information was being passed through, mitigating the potential backlash, the wasted effort, the nosing around, the bad publicity that would happen if somebody found out at a different level or at a different part of an organization about something that was potentially wrong. And guys, I hate to tell you this, but I learned this a number of years ago when I started traveling, it's been 25 plus years ago that I learned this, it probably sounds quaint, but don't underestimate the value of the limiting of knowledge available to managers and executives 30 years ago because the amount of information they could take home uh, that they could access was limited by the size of the briefcase they took home at night. And I'm sure some 25-year-old is listening to me right now going, you're such a dinosaur. My response would be, dude, if you don't know how organizations happened to come into the where they are now and how important people are as opposed to technology, then you're naive and you may be really effective at your job, but you may be politically so naive as to be a problem for your boss. And you may think, like I did when I was 22, one of the dumbest things I ever did, that you're not going to play politics. You're just going to deliver outstanding operational results. Yeah, good luck with that. Smile at people on your way up, folks, because you'll see them on the way back down. Unless you're in the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1% of sheer raw intellect and you have a company that only leverages the one thing you're super good at, you better pay attention to politics. You start sending up reports that you haven't briefed your boss on in advance. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do. You know, you might as well start your own company because that way you don't have to communicate with anybody. So now reports or frankly, any information about your team's work and processes that is being captured within standard digital information systems can be assumed to be shared with those with whom there is not sufficient trust to leave you be to fix a potential problem. 
And what that means, guys, is we owe our boss, again, the organization, additional information about the potential issues. If you've got a great relationship with your boss, good. You want her to know what you're doing and to have both enough time and information to address questions or concerns from other people. If you don't have a great relationship with their boss, you want to indemnify yourself to the pressure they may bring to you. That's right. Which leads you right to your second point, which is you have to notify your boss separately from the report. The report is not the sole means of communication yeah, around the issue. Not. And and by the moment you say separately, you include time. And the moment you include time, you say before. Before, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. You can't just submit a problematic report and expect your boss or anybody else to read it and trust that what you're doing and what you're supposed to be doing are appropriate and reasonable and so on. Everybody knows. I mean, because it never ever happens that, that your boss might actually read the report like two minutes before going into the meeting where the report is being discussed with her boss. I mean, that, that never yeah. happens. That never happens. <laughs> no. But look, let's say Mike and I were colleagues, good trusted colleagues, but we were in divisions that are fairly well apart in a company. On the other hand, periodically our work interacts with one another. And one of Mike's guys said to him, hey, I don't know if you know it, but Horseman seems to be having a problem. Mike's probably not going to go dig it into my stuff. He's going to go, I know Horseman. <laughs> we're good. Right. And if somebody, one of my guys came to me and said, yeah, I don't know. Mike's been struggling. I might say everything. Okay. And he would say, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, good. And that's because we have trust. On the other hand, if somebody says to Mike, hey, there's a guy over there whose work affects you. You don't know him, but something's wrong. You might pay more attention. And that's again, because of the trust factor. So we have to communicate separately from the report we're going to send in for three reasons. One is format believe it or not. The other is time, and the third is politics. I mean, everybody knows this, but let's be honest about it. Sometimes reporting is formatted such that there isn't the ability to provide additional information. Again, think about those dashboards that are vacuuming up digital data and presenting it to managers and executives. I mean, you're not even sending that report, but that report is being sent, or it's certainly being read. The beauty of life before dashboards was nothing got reported um, that didn't get sent. So you had some protection there. And that's true of emailed reports as well. Templates for emailed reports may ease the burden for some executives in terms of not having to hunt around for what they want to avoid a poorly formatted, individually created emailed attachment from somebody. But that template, which saves the executive time, attenuates the chance for the report to really do its job by potentially providing additional information about unusual situations when they come up. Time is an issue because if a report is shared with multiple people simultaneously, think about reports being shared through standard email distro lists where your boss and his boss get it at the exact same time. And if your boss knows at the same time that his boss knows, that leaves him vulnerable to his boss randomly checking his or her email before your boss gets to his because of how emails actioned all day. It's the ultimate cancer. Yeah. Or well, at least, it may be it's not a cancer, but it certainly is malignant. Or your boss is traveling, right? Your boss gets off a plane, right? Yeah. Yeah. He gets off a plane and he hasn't been able to check mail in a couple hours and he has an email. And then when that didn't get an answer, uh, a text, and when that didn't answer, uh, get an answer, 
because your boss's boss doesn't think I have to check to see where my people are before I try to communicate with them, and he doesn't remember that your boss is in a, on an airplane. And so now your boss has an urgent voicemail from his boss about your report that your boss's boss read before your boss could. And guys, politically, this is enough of an issue that it's probably better for you to get in trouble for missing a deadline on a report than to send the report on time knowing that in doing so there's something problematic in it and your boss may not be able to read it and be ready to respond to potential inquiries before he starts getting questions. That's a classic political choice. I'd rather get in trouble for missing a deadline, which I can probably weather with my boss, than meet my deadline, do the thing I'm supposed to do, while also sending what amounts to a surprise out into a large email distro that you can never assume that your boss is going to read first. Right. In fact, if Mike were my boss and I sent out an email that went to him, all of his peers and his boss and several other people in the organization, support organizations, potential internal customers, and so on, he assumes that he doesn't have to read the report immediately, even if he knows other people are, in fact, reading it fairly quickly for whatever reason, just randomness, because I didn't tell him he needed to. That's, that's the assumption of political life and organizations today. So, yeah, you got to do it. So let's assume for a second you have time to communicate to your boss prior to the report going out. But wait a minute, though. I mean, you don't have to assume it. You just, I suppose you're right. In terms of a dashboard, there are some things that could get aggregated, presented, um, collated in such a way that. Yeah, but that I, I, I think your point is right, though. In in 99% of the cases, you do. Yeah, in 99% of the cases, just don't send it. Yeah. Exactly. I, and, and now, if you're listening and you're going, I can't believe Mark and Mike are saying I shouldn't do my job. Dude. Feel free to do your job in an apolitical way. Just don't blame us when your boss says, really, seriously, you couldn't delay an hour and let me know I was going to get rained on? Come on. Yeah. Embarrassing your bosses or putting your boss in uncomfortable situations. Not the greatest career choice one could make yeah, in that situation. Not that you and I have ever done it. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I wouldn't. Okay. I, I may not delay, you know, publishing news to the street. Right? Oh, there's, okay. There's, right. Yeah. We're not talking about that, of course. But that's a regulatory requirement that carries jail time. Right. right. Come on. Exactly. And I wouldn't. And I We're wouldn't. not talking about federal yeah. statutes. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think you can you can just fail to note unusual things in that report as well. Yeah. So it's not enough to just tell your boss, of course, that there's a problem, right? They need to understand right. what happened and what you're doing about it. But you have yeah, to set them up so that they text. can answer the question from their boss or somebody else. Yeah, you can't just send a text and say, hey, by the way, definitely read the report. Hey, by the way, in there. <laughs> missed my sales objectives by 75%. Just thought you ought to know. BTW. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah you got to explain what happened and you got to explain what you're doing about it now look guys we've taken you on a little bit of historical trip here and the genesis for our guidance about your need for communication with your boss may be a little arcane at times maybe a little bit subtle but we want you to understand the whys of this the communication you need to send to your boss is pretty simple tell your boss what happened which may include why, depending upon your boss a little bit, apologize if it's warranted, and tell them what you're doing about the issue. And guys, this is sort of standard. I mean, for years I've heard, what, why, and how? What happened? Why did it happen? How are we going to address it? 
not rocket science. And here's what's interesting about this. You can do this in a number of different ways. You can do it by phone. You can do it by email. You can do it by text message. You can do this by instant message in some situations, depending upon your relationship with your director. Make your decision about the communication medium based on urgency. And for the record, email is not urgent. Even if you tell me, oh, but Mark, we have an email culture. People are on email all the time. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. If I get off a plane and I have 35 emails and I have one voicemail, I'd love to hear from somebody who says, oh, Mark, I absolutely. And the, the voicemail comes from a colleague, a peer of mine, or my boss. I want somebody to say to me, I absolutely would go through every one of my emails before I would listen to the voicemail. I would be shocked by that. You'd be gobsmacked to use one of your gobsmacked. Early That's very good. Classic, <laughs> classic British word there. You got to base it on urgency. Your boss's preferred media. I've told folks who report to me, send me a text. I'm good with that. Okay. And also the level of effort and complexity involved in your response to the surprise and potentially, therefore, your boss's political exposure. Okay. Now, guys, remember we're talking about any potential surprise for our boss coming out of one of our reports. So if it's a small surprise, it may require a brief text. If I were a boss and the situation I'm about to communicate to you happened, you could absolutely send to me in text format the following text. Boss, one of our deliverables was technically read today when the report was dynamically created. It's green now, and anyone who gets the hour later update of status will show green. We failed to check for new modules in Apache. We had a brief fail due to a security patch. It's fixed. Sorry for any trouble. And I got to tell you, I would read that and go, cool, no problem. Absolutely. If somebody I didn't know, somebody I didn't trust, even if my boss said to me, what the heck? I noticed there's a red thing on one of your projects. This would be enough for me because I would make a decision this is not an issue. It's always an issue when my boss is upset at me, but it's not an issue for me to go, okay, yep, yeah, boss, sorry. Now, I probably would have said, boss, by the way, we're red. I might have sent a text or an email or something to my boss, but by the same token, if I didn't, I would then say to him, yep, boss, sorry, it's now green. It was only an hour. It was an Apache security fix. We updated it. Yeah, and just contrast that with a different conversation where your boss didn't know gets the call from her boss and says, I don't know, boss, I'll, I'll have to go check. I'll get back to you. Right. Completely different experience for both the boss and, and the direct. Yeah. And if his boss says something, often in sp speaking to a superior, what we get is, oh, absolutely, I'm right on it. I'll get right back to you. And then when they turn around and talk down to the organization, they say, what the hell? I just had to admit that I'm going to stop doing everything else, and I'm going to find out what the heck's going on, and why couldn't you have talked to me first, right? Yeah. And, and the level, every level as it goes down, there's, you know, stuff rolls downhill. There's more urgency. There's more anger and so on. I'm not saying that's effective. I'm not saying that's the way things should be, but this isn't should be tools, this is real-world manager tools, and this is this is how you avoid that kind of stuff. Well, the issue with your boss and, and his boss in this conversation is not only that you just read, right? It's your boss's boss now believes that your boss is not on top of things and doesn't know what the heck's going on. That's the problem. Yeah. And read now that was created two hours ago 
in his mind, it's still red. People don't say, oh, this report was prepared two days ago, so by definition, it's not red. They don't assume the positive. Hey, if you assume the positive, nobody even has to show up to come to work. So we don't assume the positive. And your boss says, hey, it's been two days. This is red. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're green now. Yeah, unfortunately. Imagine your boss seeing the report, then her spouse talks to her for an hour, it's the weekend, and then they get involved with the kids, and then something else. And suddenly now, it's 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, Saturday night, and now she's been carrying around a little bit of frustration, now a lot of frustration. Why the heck is this thing red and I didn't find out about before I came home this weekend that I could have been willing to put some resources into that problem? And you're thinking... Really? I have to worry about my boss getting angry during her family time on the weekend when, in fact, that red thing was fixed and green within an hour of that report being generated on Thursday at noon? And our answer is, yeah. If you don't communicate about it in advance, yeah, you do. Because your boss's lack of knowledge about your status is your fault in the world where people who send up reports with questions or issues or concerns or problems have an obligation to communicate proactively in advance relative to the level of the the issue. If it's a big surprise, notifying him or her sooner is better. If it's a big surprise and and the response is going to require or is now requiring a high LOE, a phone call or a conference call to discuss planning or doing the remediation, whether it's political remediation or operational remediation, is probably advised. And don't assume in all cases that the right way to do it is for you to worry about the operational remediation and for your boss to handle the political. It may be better for you to be involved. Um, And at some point, you're going to have to learn how to do political remediation as well. Uh, And... We're talking about the boss, your boss, because that's the most important relationship you have in the organization, the most important individual relationship you have in the organization. But it would be silly for you not to think about what other people might I be needing to communicate with um, rather than assuming my boss is going to do that for me. And our point about this is deciding what's the urgency, what's my boss's preferred media, what's the level of effort, what's the complexity here, what's my boss's political exposure, those are the factors. Again, you're doing that all in advance, separate from before the report itself landing on your boss's or anybody else's desk. There you go. Yeah. It was a fun one. I I really enjoyed it. So summarizing, don't surprise your boss in a report. Don't think that reports exist to tell how things are. Um, that's only part of what they do. Um, they have political ramifications as well. Don't let your boss get surprised based on something in a report. You can't lie. So you have to get ahead of the potential impacts that you're going to have to admit to if you're yellow or red or there's a loss or a fail or something like that. So if there are potential impacts that your boss may face, you have to get ahead of them since you got him into this mess to begin with. Well done, my friend. I like that one. That was great. Thanks, partner. Awesome. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.